we're, um, Wednesday, Wednesday night we're in and we had the prayer, prayer, prayer meeting now. And, I, and I brought a scripture and I brought a couple of thoughts and that. we prayed around those thoughts. But I just want to come back to it this morning. And I want to read from... Let's just read briefly from Matthew chapter 9, the last little part of Matthew chapter 9. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. There's two things there, very important things. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe God is still a healer? That he can still heal sicknesses and every disease. And I, I want to encourage you this morning. You know, if you've got something going on in your life, in your body, you know, always believe that he is able to heal you. He is able to heal. If he could do it then, he can do it today. And I'd encourage you to read testimonies and watch testimonies of, of, of the healing power of God. You may not know anybody who's been healed of, of, of some sickness. You may not know anybody who's had, who's had organs grown in their body. You may not know anybody who's had, who's had eyes, you know, just fill, eyeballs fill the sockets where there was nothing there. Um, but I encourage you to get around stories and get around testimonies uh, of, of the goodness of God working in the airs of healing because he is still the healer. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I was just watching a, a, a documentary. I think it might be even called, a, maybe even a film of a, of a, of a healing. Some of you received a healing. I've just been watching it recently. It's been on the TV a couple of times. It just happens to be there when I turn, when I've turned it on. Called Dead, Dead Man Running. Anybody ever seen Dead Man Running? Amazing story is documented there, and um, I'm sure you can find that in any any which way you can. Some of you have already gone to it right right away because you got distracted, and you <laughs> and you can find that. Uh, anyway, let's just go back to this again, and it says that um, and healing every sickness and every disease uh, among the people. It says, but when he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and lost without a shepherd. They're weary. When he saw something moved him, he was moved when he saw the condition of people, when he saw the state of their hearts, when he saw what they were going through, moved with compassion. Then he encourages uh, his listeners there. Uh, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful and the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. And, uh, you know, we, 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 how many of you ever pr would pray that prayer? You know, we pray that. Jesus says, pray that prayer. And then he jumps straight into the next chapter <laughs> and he addresses his disciples, you know. He said, when he had called his disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, diseases, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, so, so Jesus was moved with compassion. Something moved him, and, and, it because, and he knew that, he had, had, that there was the ability to change those situations. 
So he moved them. Jesus was moved other times in Mark chapter 8, 6 and verse 34. It says, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude, was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. He began to teach them many things. Sometimes you see, he was moved with what, with what he could see, and so he, so he does something about it. He's motivated because of what he sees, and he starts to teach them. And then it's the same account in Matthew chapter 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. And so I believe in that situation, he's teaching them. And in teaching them, he's healing, their, healing the sick. So in teaching them, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so Jesus, because he was so moved, he's able to bring instruction, able to bring teaching to them, able to bring words to them, you know, being able to bring the voice of the Father who was, if you like, whose, whose voice he was. He teaches, and signs followed, and signs followed. Sometimes we can be in church, and we can hear teaching, we can, be, we can watch something, and we can hear teaching, we can read the Word, and we can hear, hear teaching, and, and we don't even give time or room, if you like, for the signs to follow. And faith is being built. I believe as a, as a people, we need, to, we need to operate in the faith which is being built and be a people who, who, who build our faith. And we have a responsibility to build on what Christ has done for us as we grow in our walk with God. And so then I wanted to go to, to, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 12. And we haven't got time to read a, a whole lot of it there, but Paul is teaching there. He's teaching the Corinthian church. And, he, and he's just encouraging them. And he's talking about some of the things which and addressing some of the ways they may see him, because Paul would have, would have appeared to them a little strange. A little bit, some translations say crazy. <laughs> he would do crazy things. And in verse... Um, Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, through 12 through 17, we won't read it all, but there it says there, for the love of Christ compels us. For the love of Christ compels us. They were doing what they were doing because the love of Christ was compelling them, which was motivating them. You know, I wonder, what does the love of Christ do for you? What does the love of Christ do for me? The love of Christ motivated them. The message translation says, says, if I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted over serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything I do. That keeps us vigilant, you can be sure. It's no light thing to know that we will we'll all one day stand in his place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone. We meet to get them ready to face God. So Paul is compassionate. He's compassionate about what he sees. He's, 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 he's moved by getting people to a place where heaven is filled and hell is plundered. 
getting them to a place, not just that to take place when they die, because, you know, if that was, if that was what salvation is, just we may as well, you know, live a crazy life and just give our lives to Jesus before we die or shoot each other and then we go to heaven. And say, well, say, he is wanting us to have that drive to not only live the life in eternity with Jesus, but live a powerful, effective, successful, and fulfilling life here on earth. And the Apostle Paul would have been considered a little bit over the top. He said and did things that would have caused him to suffer. He put himself, if you like, almost like in harm's way because he was so moved by the power of the gospel that all the, all the aggravation that would come to him, all the suffering that he would call was, was, was inflicted on him was worth it, worth it because he was doing what he did for the cause of Christ. See, he could have had a much easier life, couldn't he? He could have had a much easier life and Jesus would have still have loved him. However he lived his life, if he had just got saved on the Damascus Road and just, that's it, that's done, he could have just had an easy life. But no. The, what Christ did for him on the Damascus Road so moved him and so changed him that it empowered him to live the life he lived, albeit with persecution, albeit with every which way coming at him. See, he had that dramatic encounter with God, didn't he? A dramatic encounter with God. Some people say, well, I, I don't have a dramatic testimony of you know, God pulling me out of the gutter of somewhere or whatever. But, but if, you, if, if you're truly saved, you have a dramatic testimony. Because you were walking in one direction, and by faith, God's grace, by in your faith, to believe it, flipped you round and set your life on a totally different course. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive. And if we go through to that um, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 12, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. He died. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. Oh, hello. But for him who died and for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we... we Regard no one according to the flesh. Don't you start talking about my past. Don't you start talking about that fleshy person I used to be. Or, or, or I could be if I mess up sometimes. For yet we, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone, not just the one who had this radical salvation experience on a Damascus road, or was pulled out of the gutter somewhere, or was and, and totally messed up, 
for the ordinary, I don't know what an ordinary person is. <laughs> you know, my, my translation of ordinary is totally different to your translation of ordinary. <laughs> and we view everybody from our, from our frame of reference, don't we? And so, so don't, don't beat up people because they, they're not like you. They're just living from another frame of reference. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. So, so anyone if anyone is in Christ he or this can be a she is a new creation. Old things, old life, old thoughts, old inner being, even old frame of reference, old things have passed away. You know, buried at the cross. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, every part of you has become new. Therefore, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation has never been before. Now, you've heard me say this before. Becoming a Christian isn't just bolting something on to your old life. And when you tell your friends you're a Christian, but you're still the same person, so you're not changed, you're telling them, you're doing them an injustice. You're doing them an injustice because they need to see the new creation in you. Because the old things have passed away. So when they, when they, then when they, copy you in, on, copy you in when, when they send you something which is outside of your now new frame of reference, which is in Christ Jesus, you can just flip that back and say, that's not, that doesn't relate to me anymore. I don't recognize that sort of thing. And maybe that is what will cause them to sit up and say, wow, okay, there's something different about you. What pills are you on? We are very quick to recommend, I was going to say pills, but maybe it is pills we recommend. You know, you should be on this, you should be on that, you should try this, you should try that, you should try this. We are sometimes less... less ready to share the new creation we are. And sometimes that only has to be done by living it. Old things have become new. Where do we get to? Paul had this dramatic encounter with God on the Damascus Road. See, each, as I said, every one of us, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you had a dramatic encounter with God. <laughs> 
because he's flipped your life around on the inside. And if you can believe, if you can believe and have the faith to believe that by grace you have been saved through faith, that but you can believe by faith that God flip, will flip your life around, make you a brand new person on the inside and make you radiant that what is on the inside, on the outside, you no longer have to be grumpy. If, if you could have faith to believe that, something which you cannot see, something which you can't, you, you can only get your head around it by faith. To believe that Jesus Christ came into this world 2,000 years ago, died on a cross for your sin, took your sin with him to the grave and left it there. Making you a brand new person. If you can have the faith to believe that, you should have to be able to have the faith to believe anything. Sometimes we we forget the sort of faith we put towards God when we got saved. And so Paul on the Damascus Road, when he when he got to grips with what had happened to him. And I think sometimes we don't fully get to grips for whatever reason. We don't fully get to grips with what happens to us when we get born again. When when Paul fully got to grips with what had happened to him, it drove him and empowered him to live That transformed life with purpose. Church, it's good to to be driven. You know, it's good to have a life that is driven by something because if if people who are driven can achieve things. Do you believe that? But it's important that that we establish what it is that is going to drive us. We can be driven by all sorts of things. You know, some of those things which drive us are good, but some of those things which will drive us are not so good. You know, we can be driven by fear. We, we can make decisions and we can go down a road on a journey and we can do it because, and, and, and the driving force, the force which causes us to come back and keep going and keep going and keep doing and keep doing it is because it's somewhere along the line there's fear. And the Bible says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So if fear is that which is driving, you need to reject it and rebuke it. How many of you ever said, I'm afraid of? And that's, if you, if you say you haven't, you know, you're telling a fib. We can be driven by money. We can be driven by finance. We can be driven by things that are political. We can be driven by a good cause. You imagine, you, can you, you, can you, you can probably bring to mind some of the crazy things people do because there's some cause which they think is you know, maybe good, but maybe not so good. <laughs> maybe just a sidetrack. But the things we do, we can be driven by knowledge.
And, it, and it's usually some sort of destination, but it's never a cheap reach because there's always more. And so we live these lives of just being, you know, our focus and our focus and our focus. See, before Paul was met by God on the Damascus Road, he was a driven person. Uh, Acts chapter 22, I think it is. I, I was reading it this morning, and then I pressed the wrong button, and it started talking to me. Someone started reading it for me. Hank, I think his name was. So I, I, he was this. Then he said, I am, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in the, city of, in, the, in the city at the feet of some other guy. According to the strictness of the, our father's laws and was zealous towards God, as you are today. I persecuted this, I, I persecuted this way to death, binding, delivering people to prison. See, when Paul was on his, when Saul as he was then was on his way to, on his way, the road to Damascus, he, he had purpose. He was, being, he was driven by a desire to persecute. So he was driven, he's zealous, the Bible says, but God was able to take that and flip it around and use it. And use it. And I want to encourage you this morning because Paul, the Apostle Paul, said, for it was the love of Christ that drove me. It was the love of Christ that compels me. It was the love of Christ that constrains me to be who I am and live how I am because there's a greater cause in, involved. And it's the cause of Christ. Why? Because of his love. See, Paul had a, maybe sometimes I think Paul had a greater understanding of the love of Christ than we do. Because it drove him to do some things. It totally changed how he viewed his life. It totally changed how he, how, how he, how, how he, the, the place that he lived from. He placed, lived his life from a place, if you like, of the love of Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved it. The love, he so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. And that was run on the inside of Paul as he was when he was writing these letters. The love of Christ. And it was that which drove him. That was a driving force in his life. And I believe we, you, you, can see, you can see what the driving forces in our lives are by the outcomes of our lives. You can see what those driving forces are by the outcomes of our life. See, if you see, when almost sometimes driven people seem a bit crazy. Because when they're driven, you can become oblivious to things around you that are not, that are not in your lane, if you like. But Paul was driven. And so the stuff that was going on around him wouldn't phase him. So he was encouraging this church, these churches. He was encouraging the Corinthian church to say, you know, and he's always, Paul was always encouraging them to live how he lived as an example. 
See, we need to be a people who live, who live, who, who are an example and live by example. That's why as we go through life, we, we adjust the examples that we receive from. And Paul's encouraging these, these people. He says, I, 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 it's the love of Christ. It's what Christ did for me. It has so changed me. It has so empowered me. It has so changed my life. It is driving me to be who he called me to be. See, Paul felt so compelled by the love of Christ that if someone asked him, why are you doing all this? Why all the pain? Why all the trials? Why all the grief you're going through? Paul would just answered and said, well, I have the love of Christ. Yeah, you, you, maybe you don't know what he's done for me, but I do. Let me tell you about it. Some translations would say that the, the love of Christ constrains us. It's what empowers us. It's what equips us. And it's what is motivating the body. And it should be the body of Christ. And God, I believe, wants us to be these people that, 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 that are driven by what he has done for us and get a full a grasp of what the love of Christ means. He pulled us out from where we were and placed us somewhere else. And, he, and he's pulled us out to, 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 be, to, to, to make a difference. I don't believe God gets us saved just for me, you, and us few. Yes, it's for us. We, our life is transformed. But that's not how we stay. Our, our, our life is transformed as we, as we live it out. You know, we don't just get saved and then that's it. It's a radical transformation. Radical, something radical took place. And it's that love which equips us... Ephesians 2 talks about, for by faith, for grace we have been saved through faith. It's, not a, it's a gift of God. It's not of works as anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for us to walk in. So he wants the individuals, he wants us as individuals walking in those works which he has prepared beforehand. And, and the result, I believe, when we're driven by the love of Christ, it's powerful. Spurgeon said, to say the love of Christ constrains us, it's to say that the love of Christ has power. Amen. It has power. It, is a, it has a force that can build us and influence us. I believe we, we need that sort of thing in life. We need to be able to, to be, be influenced and have that force on the inside of us. And it's the love of Christ that does that. When we, when we bring it into our remembrance, what he actually did for us, where he brought us from. For by grace we've been saved through faith. This is, he said, the love of Christ has pressed Paul's energies into one force, turned them into one channel, and then driven them, then driven them forward with a wonderful force. Till he and his fellows, that's a nice Spurgeon word, isn't it, fellows? It's old, old English type stuff. Till he and his fellows have become a mighty power 
for good, ever active and energetic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> energetic. Oh, don't you just love that? I tell you, the God, of, the God of heaven himself wants us, I believe, to be active and energetic. And when we have an understanding, I believe, of his love which was shed abroad for us, of that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is what empowers us. And that is what drives us. To be who he wants us to be. Living our lives. And for Paul, living his life in, in the purpose which, purposes which Christ prepared for him was doing what he did, and we know what he did because we have his writings in 13 books of the New Testament that are as relevant to us today as they were then because they are timeless. And we can twist them and we can shape them and we can you know, work with them and we can mold them and we can change them in all sorts of ways and try and make them adjustable to suit certain situations and certain cultures and but they are never changing. They are never changing. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as Paul was driven by the love of Christ to do what he did, which we are recipients of today and, and, and have been for the last 2,000 years, so the love of Christ is what will compel you to fulfill your purpose, to live that life which is Empowered for good, ever active and energetic. Ever active and energetic. If you like, always alive, always ready. In season and out of season. When you're walking down the street and somebody tries to throw something in your face, get something at you, and you and you just in the supermarket queue. Wherever the love of Christ compels you to encourage somebody, to speak to somebody, to share what Christ has done for you. And, and we can do all that and we can be that. See, he's no, he no respecter of persons. For by grace, I have been saved. For by grace, you have been saved. For by grace, you right at the back, have been saved. By faith. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we may be saved. No, oh, sorry. We will. We will be saved. And the moment we make that decision, and we make it by faith, we enter the family of God and we become a new creation. Now for Paul, he lost his eyesight and he's thrown off his horse. And... You know, when you drive home, I don't believe you're going to get translated out of your car at the traffic lights. and When you pull up.
But that moment, you say, well, it wasn't very dramatic, but it was dramatic because your life was turned around. Your life was turned around. But Paul Paul was able to do what he did because he's always thinking, I believe, I am who I am because of the love of God. By his grace, I am who I am. By his grace, I am who I am. By his grace, you are who you are. And if you're, if you're struggling this morning, if you feel like things are all over the place, you know, you need to know this morning, by his grace, you are who you are. It's not of works. It's a free gift. Lest anyone should boast. For you are his workmanship. You're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand for you to walk in. And so, you know, each and every one of us, and we will be, we are able to do that. We're able to do that. But when we bring, when we bring into, into our frame of thinking and our understanding of Christ's love for us. His love was shed abroad. And as we, as we live out these days, I believe we've, we've, we've really got to be a people who are in the, coming to this place where we are driven by the love of Christ. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, you say, well, I, I heard some things you're saying today. and Jesus, when he, before, after he'd, before or after. Anyway, Jesus said, he was moved, he's moved with compassion, so he taught. Another translation, another, ver, another gospel records it as he was moved with translation and he healed the sick. Faith was built in those people. Faith was built in those people. Faith to heal sickness. It's faith to heal sickness. Faith, they, they, you can have faith to feel anything, to, to receive anything I believe from God.